slender advantage for Bengaluru FC going into the return leg of the AFC Cup semi-finals against defending champions Johor Darul And did the Indian national team make a mistake by choosing not to play on the FIFA friendly dates? Well, those will be our primary talking points on injury time today. Hello, this is Naveen and joining us today for the very first time is Mihir Vasavda, all the way from the capital city of New Delhi. Hello, Mihir. Hi, Naveen. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. All set. It's been an exciting week for football in India and abroad, I guess. Exactly. The FIFA friendly dates were up, the World Cup qualifiers were up and ISL was up in India as well. Busy week as usual. Yeah, so Mir, <laughs> without wasting much of time, my first point, topic of discussion is pretty simple. Bengaluru FC, the trendsetters of Indian football in the past few years, they are up against mm-hmm. Johor Darul Takshim, the defending champions of AFC Cup. What a match it, uh, it's poised up to be. It, it promises to be a great, great match, isn't it? I mean, after the first leg, we've seen one all. Uh, Bangalore really playing out of their skin away from home. And it comes down to how how well they uh, manage at home. With and, and I'm guessing uh, since you're in Bangalore, you must be knowing the mood much better. Mm. But I guess the city is pumped up for it, I hear. Yeah, the city is pumped up. The fans are doing their bit and trying really hard to get as many people as, as they can to the Kantirwa Stadium here on the on the 19th of October for the match. But apart apart from the fans, even the team is putting in a lot of effort. Double sessions yes, by. Yes. A, Double sessions by Albert, Albert Roca, morning and e- e- in the evenings, the team is really sweating it out in the sun, if I can say, given the Bangalore weather. <laughs> I'm guessing, I'm guessing so. But I guess what also works in Bangalore's favour now is that I was, I was reading up a few things and uh, Johor's two main strikers, Jorge Diaz and Martin Lucero, right. they are both suspended for this tag. Yeah, both the uh, Argentines and uh, Argentine are out and... This is a tie where Johar really needs to score. Exactly. And uh, Bangalore, I guess, have been really, really, uh, you know, miserly at home. They've, they've been putting up the right defensive performances. And Roka, Roka's team has looked defensively quite solid, don't you think, Naveen? Yeah, the, the defensively really solid. And it's we have seen a total change in pattern the way Bangalore plays under Roka. Because when it was... Westwood, Ashley Westwood as the head coach of Bengaluru, you saw a utilitarian way of playing football where Westwood always wanted results. Be, be it mm-hmm. a nil nil draw or be it a 1 nil victory, he was pretty happy and content with it. But when it comes to Albert Roca, what I've heard from his assistant and what I've heard from guys who've been working around with the team, he is a man mm-hmm. who's never content with winning by just winning. He wants to win big. He's any day happy winning 4-3 rather than winning a 1-0. 1-0. So that, yeah. that, that's the kind of a man he is. So it really seems it seems like we'll have a cracker of a contest. But I really doubt if we'll be going for such a 4-3 kind of a score. And I guess it will be a hard, hard attack for all of us, I guess. Exactly. This is exactly what I wanted, want, wanted to ask you. What, how big of an advantage that Bengaluru has now, given that they have an away goal in their pocket? Sport is huge, isn't it? I mean, away goals, we've seen, it can just change the equation completely every time it comes into picture. Uh, especially to get a away goal against Johor at their home, we've all known how how strong they've been all this all this uh, season, all this the entire year. I guess they hadn't considered a goal at home since April, if I'm not wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is including the Malaysian is, Super League. Including the Malaysian Super League. Uh, it, it is incredible, the kind of... Uh, uh, run they had and and for Bangalore to show character, you know, after going a goal down, 
and uh, Johor were all over them in the first half. They showed a lot of character. They fought back in the second, and and they they deserved that draw. Whether they can finish off the job at home, it's it's anyone's guess. But uh, they have that slight advantage uh, when it comes to uh, away goals, and especially with Joe's two strikers out of the equation now. Mm. But having said that, Joe has been has been playing, has been actively playing in the Malaysian Super League and the club and the other competitive competitions in Malaysia. Where on the other hand. Bengaluru has not had much matches to play for. The two matches they played are against Tampines Rover, the the quarter-final matches, and that's all for it because it's an off-season for them. So does yeah. that put Bengaluru on the wrong foot? I guess so. Yeah, I mean that's the biggest disadvantage Bangalore have had, right? I mean Roka hasn't had has uh, hasn't had a good look at his players apart from the couple of matches that they've played under him. And I guess that also goes to show how badly it is required for us to think our. Domestic calendar with Asian dates and FIFA dates. You know, it just boils down to everything boils down to how how good or badly we manage our league. And unfortunately, Bangalore right now are suffering uh, because of a uh, ill calendar, a uh, uh, ill-founded calendar that we have found, uh, formed in our domestic structure. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a disadvantage, no doubt, that bit for the match practice and, and playing together. No matter how long camps you have, you can have two sessions a day, but match practice is what matters eventually. Yeah, a player can be as fit as he can, but match fitness is totally different. Totally different, yeah. Exactly. But uh, having said that, this Bengaluru uh, Bengaluru team really looks good with the kind of foreign recruits that are brought in, the likes of Alvaro Rubio and Juan Gonzalez in the back, replacing someone like a Curtis Susano in the heart of the defense. That mm-hmm. these guys have looked really well and. I I I'm really surprised to see that someone like an Alvin George who's been tipped as a next ball playing player yeah. ball playing midfielder in the Indian circuit has not had that good a time could be a, could be too early to say that but in the matches that I've seen so far he's struggled a bit so uh, mm-hmm. it could be anyone's game so uh, let's right. hope that since you mentioned the foreign recruits you you uh, followed the team since it, I think it's inception Uh, the the whole transition with the foreign players that they've got has it been smooth or or have the foreign players to be on Gonzalez especially taken time to get used to the setup over here? Well, in the past it's been uh, it's definitely been smooth because Westwood always knew what kind of players he wanted. Usually you saw in the in the initial three years, Curtis mm-hmm. Susano and John Jones stayed has a stayed in the heart of the defense. The only changes you saw was in the midfield uh, when you had some someone like a. Walker Joshua Walker coming in filling yeah, yeah. filling in for injured players or up front when Sean Rooney left last season you had someone like mm-hmm. a Kim Song Young coming in so yeah those yeah. transitions have been smooth but here Cameron Watson and Alvaro Rubio in the in the in the middle of in the heart of the midfield along with someone like a Eugene Salingdo things have looked a mm-hmm. bit smooth and like i said the teams the play the style of play has changed it's no longer the direct approach that Westwood used to adopt right it's it's more like a pass and move game you see a lot of barcelona kind of a move happening here happening with bengaluru fc now so that's also an interesting change mhm it it should it should be a great match now in antuzi you'd be lucky to witness the tigers definitely are you planning to come down <laughs> not really i was i was looking up and uh, the flight rates have oh. shot up i guess it's <laughs> unaffordable for me a shot up for the bengaluru game Sorry, I guess so. I hope so. That's the reason, though. Okay. Festive season in Bangalore FC can't get better, I guess. Definitely. Uh, I'm pretty sure you'll be catch, uh, catching the match on the tube. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I hope they'll be showing it on TV as well. Uh, I guess. Uh, 
Brazil, Russia, South uh, South Africa and China participating in it. Uh, did you have did you get a chance to look like watch any of those matches and what were your reactions? I I saw a bit of Brazil match today. Uh, it was it was encouraging. I saw the under fifteen in Shakhtar, which was pretty encouraging. I guess all the performances were pretty encouraging. We played well the first two matches. Uh, I guess by the time Iran came, the boys were mentally tired and and as physically as well. Uh, that is one aspect of the team which was really exposed in the in the Asian Cup. uh i guess uh, the the fitness towards the later stages of of the matches uh but the but what we've seen in the last one month shows that you know that entire concept of ais is to keep the team together under a coach sending them all over the world for exposure trips that is really helping and uh, the boys are playing confident football they they're moving the ball around well they're not intimidated by their opponents at least so far they have appeared uh, to be a nice promising bunch obviously a far way uh, to go still but scoring a goal against brazil will will obviously do them a world of good don't you think <laughs> exactly kobal sattel will have, like will dream about like would be dreaming about this day all his life and finally it was here today <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah I mean, so so I mean, yeah the, the, the kids have have given us a reason to be optimistic uh, it's just Uh, again it boils down to how well aif uh, manages uh, the team once the under 17 world cup is gone but we are talking about far too high i guess exactly so, but uh, under 17 world cup itself is a big deal for india and the preparations are on in full swing if i'm not wrong that's true yeah it's it's just a year away now i guess by by this time next year we'll be towards Probably. the tagging of the under 17 world cup uh, exactly but uh, how far do you see this team come from the time it started because none of us have had have had an idea of what the team was like where did they get these guys from and how did their whole bunch come together so could you uh, could you tell us more about it so uh, it's it's been a process that's been going on for the last 3 uh, or 4 years uh, you know uh, and it, it it kind of gathered pace in the last year since Stephen Constantine came over uh, sorry uh, Nikolai Adam came over and uh, uh, uh abhishek yadav scouting program uh, took off nikolai adam personally i, I guess he, he uh, him and his, his team of scouts went across in the lengthened breadth of the country they also went to the uh, gulf uh, to see if they could spot some talent there well they got six players from there but none of them made it to adam squad yeah they i, I hear there were three kids from dubai who were who were shortlisted hmm. but i guess one of them uh, they the parents did not allow uh, okay. i guess that that word that word i hear, i i heard I mean, the perennial indian problem therefore perennial indian problem right i mean even in dubai i guess that <laughs> that's the indian thing <laughs> so yeah but but that's how the team has been they've been uh, one good thing about the whole thing is that you know the whole age fraud thing uh, has kind of at least for the time being uh, curtailed and and that's not happened So I remember when when the AIF initially formed a player pool of around 200 players or so, uh, around 200 of them were caught for age fraud mm-hmm. and were sent back home. Well, that so is, that is that is one good thing that has come out of this, I guess. That you know at least we are addressing that problem, the age fraud problem. Well, with the FIFA Under 17 World Cup, that's one thing you can't cheat on. <laughs> you won't really. Yeah, you <laughs> wouldn't want to mess around with that, I guess. Exactly. But uh, what can the team do? when the under 17 world cup starts that only time will see but right now the indian super league is underway in full swing matches happening day in and day out have you got a chance to breathe 
Oh, have the players got a chance to be? They seem to be tired, or every time they step on the field, I mean, don't you think? Definitely, no time to recovery. That's really what surprised me because these teams travel the length and breadth of the country, like you said. If one match is in the north, other match right down in the south, and the travel yeah. time itself takes a lot of toll on the players. That is true. That is true. But but a couple of teams have been really good. Northeast United. I mean, after all their poor seasons they had so far, finally. Seem to be getting uh, things the right way. Exactly. What do you think? Uh, the reasons behind it, Nagin? Northeast, I think uh, more more than the more than their dependence on the foreign recruits. I think some, someone like a Holly Chandran Nazri has been really influential in the way the team plays, and the coach has made the most of the Indian recruits that the team ha- team has. And certain certainly the same goes goes with uh, the team like Mumbai, where where you see Mumbai finally. You see a team that could go the distance now, even with Diego yeah, Forlan. Diego Forlan injured and now. And Sunil and all coming back. Coming and like, you have Sunil all day coming in after the like after this FIFA commitments yeah. that he had with with the national team, and then Sunil joining in post the AFC Cup commitments. This team could go the distance. But what about the defending champions? They have they've had a decent run, isn't it? So far, they've had a decent run. I mean, I, I was I was reading today that. Uh, Matarazzi had apparently warned his players uh, yesterday that if they don't start winning, he'll not come back next year. That's and that's quite the to have worked. Oh, yeah, they pulled out a two-nil win. <laughs> yeah, they pulled out a two-nil win in the replay of last year's final. Mm-hmm. And luckily, there was no ugly scenes, repeat of ugly scenes that we saw last year. Definitely. But uh, could could you now say that the team has moved beyond Elano and Steven Mendoza? They have moved on quite comfortably, I guess. I guess they are. They're pretty confident, by, and and it's it's a lot to do with uh, the replacements they've got as well. I mean, I saw Risa last year at Delhi over here, right? And he has this crazy presence on field. He's always fighting for the ball. Never mind what his age is, but but you know he's there fighting for the ball. He's marshalling the young players pretty well, uh, and he does it with a nice uh, nice way. You know, he has he has his own little way of humorous way of talking to players, right. and at the same time he's. He is the perfect mentor uh, on the field. Yeah, mentor for so, players like Jayesh Rani, who's up and coming yeah. in the whole Indian circuit, and players like Jerry, who's been, who's who's very young, was scouted by the Liverpool academy, was in Liverpool for a two-week training sting, if I'm not wrong, then coming back again with the Pune DSK academy here, and now yeah. having having his chance with the ISL side. Yeah, and and one good thing, Naveen, I guess uh, I guess you must also have observed this is that. You know, I guess it was in the first match that Jerry gave away a penalty right. uh, when Chennai were leading, right. and uh, Matilazi was asked about it later, and and his response was, uh, "Let Jerry make mistakes at this age. This is when he should be made, making mistakes." And that kind of confidence, you know, when when the player uh, does not have to worry about the consequences he'll have to bear from the coach if he makes any mistake or or a serious error on ground, I guess that kind of freedom really helps, and it shows the way. You know the young Indian players are playing under Marco Materazzi, and the way they're responding to whatever he's saying. Definitely, but one team that really seems to go from bad to worse is Kerala. After that phenomenal first season where they ended up in the semi-final, if I'm not wrong, mm-hmm. what yeah. what's what's went wrong with them in the past two seasons? I've got that's that's a million-dollar question. I mean, if like like we always say about Indian uh, Olympic sports and the population that we have. Like if we had to compare the crowd support and and the title winners, I guess Kerala would be winners hands down. The kind of support they have, oh boy, their 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 fans are 
witnessing some sorry terrible football i guess and these guys t- turn up for the matches day in and day out there's no there's no single match where you don't see fans it's full house yeah but but again but again i mean with a uh, with a team that is having michael chopra as their striker i really can't expect much definitely but uh, what about teams like pune and goa because goa being the runners of last goa summer, surprise goa goa the first two first two matches they played uh, really nicely they, they they had good games unfortunately not to get a result out of it but uh, yeah i guess but but zico will work something out i mean if, if anyone you can trust zico to turn things around yeah. i mean he has players who have been with him uh, in the last two seasons uh, and it's just a matter of time i guess that things will turn around so go they had a tough match today away from home at chennai but uh, eventually i guess a team like goa is expected to turn turn it around and it uh, what do you think i mean of of calcutta and and delhi and you know they they've had But Delhi has been in uh, Calcutta because Habas has moved to Pune. Exactly, that's something that I was coming on to. Anthony Habas has moved to Pune, uh, Pune, and there's a new coach who's taken over Kol- Kolkata, and this started a bit. Like, it's been confusing in the way the Kol- Kolkatans have started this campaign because you do not see a an assured plan that the team wants to build or or an assured right. a short game uh, a game strategy that the team wants to build on. They're just going with the flow. Uh, Javier Lara was lucky enough to be at the right place at the right time two times to score those equalizers, or else they were they would have been in the bottom pile. That's true. That's true. And and uh, I guess with with teams like uh, I mean you you can still trust Habas to turn it around when he's back on the bench because he knows how the whole ISL setup works. Exactly. He missed out on the initial four, uh, initial four matches because of the suspension that carried uh, carried forward. Right. Yeah. So now with Pune, once he's back, back in the in the reckoning, he's back on in the in the dugout. Things could change. That's what we are expecting. That things would change. Hopefully, it, yeah. For the better fortunes. Expecting it should change. Yeah. Yeah. And But for teams like Calcutta, it's quite tricky because you know uh, a, a new coach, uh, if he doesn't get a grip of things, you know, things can you know they can slide really quickly without even him knowing what's happening. How 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 do things turn out for Delhi here? Because Delhi Dynamos again a new coach, third season in, into the ISL and a third coach for them already. Gianluigi Zambrotta has come yeah. to taken over the reins this time round. Yeah, Delhi are trying to be the Galacticos of ISL, aren't they? <laughs> they're, they're having these big players every season. <laughs> <laughs> and and Zambrotta spoke about getting Ibrahimovic uh, to ISL. Well, I thought that that, that was just a fun talk. I mean, maybe I I hope it's a fun talk. I hope Zamrud isn't serious when he says that, you know. But uh, how well? Uh, but the way, uh, but the way the internet picked it up, it it seems to be a big story. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Everyone's taken quite seriously. Yeah. I guess I guess someone should ask Zamrud that tomorrow during the pre-match press conference of how serious oh. he was when he when he said. Were you really serious? <laughs> yeah, at least at least it would cost. I mean, they would they would have to uh, the entire ISL will have to shell out a lot of money to get uh, definitely a drama which over here. I guess. Definitely, definitely. But having seen ISL for the three seasons, the third season now that we have we are witnessing, do you really see this as the answer for the problems that Indian football face? Because the merger talks are going on. You see ISL being tipped as the Premier League of the country, then with, follow, with the other leagues following the, downwards. So, do you see this as the answer for for the problems that Indian football face today? Uh, there can't be any one answer, Naveen, to the problems that Indian football is facing. I mean, obviously, the domestic league is one of the main and the biggest reasons why the football team isn't doing well. 
but it's not the only reason i mean uh, we have to choose whether we have to go uh, bottom up in the pyramid or top down what isl is doing is they're, they're going top down they're, they're getting all the big names and the big leagues first and then they're going towards the grassroots program uh, i don't know if it's a smart way to go about it uh, but isl in its current avatar the three month avatar isn't really working out i mean it's just going by and it's not doing much it's, it's really taking a, especially taking a, a really big toll on the players who play both the isl and the i league because they are crammed in you play for 3 months and then you have another 4 months of i league then yeah very little time of recovery and then you have another layoff period when you play nothing and, and yeah and and everything happens together so your i league isl and your national team matches mm-hmm. they are all fighting for space and then like you said you have a period of 3 months during the monsoons when nothing happens right but so, uh, having said, having said that but uh, i really don't see isl or i league in, in the current form as an answer to any of the problems that indian football is facing because the biggest problem according to me that football in india today faces is the uh, is the player employment you do not have enough teams in either of the leagues be it the isl or the i league or the second division i league which can employ players you if as long as you don't have enough teams playing competitive football you don't have new players coming you don't have more players coming in and as long as you don't have enough players playing you re- you really do not talk about improving the standard of the game in the country because the standard of the game can only increase when you have a huge chunk a huge pool of players to select from when it when you talk about the national team isn't it right right you you absolutely right there but But when you say more teams, I guess it's, it's a vicious circle, right? I mean, you you get more teams when you've got enough quality players. For enough quality players, you need to have a strong grassroots program, and we don't have any of these things. Uh, I guess your your point of good team about your having more teams uh, might be, uh, you know, they might be ticked off uh, if if the AIFF restructuring plan works out, because by then we'll be having around 30 teams. Uh, if if Well, that's a proposal. <laughs> proposal that he yeah, has put forward, but I don't know how much is that working out. Yeah, but with AIFF, you never know. I mean, uh, half of the things they say don't work out anyway, so we really don't know. And probably how, the things that work out are the things they never say. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, that you're absolutely right there. <laughs> yeah, but moving on from the ISL into the international scene, it was a week of World Cup qualifiers to be bang on. and the afc the asian circuit has produced a number of surprises isn't it with iran eking out a, a win against south korea to begin south with korea. and yeah uzbekistan yeah. a team that has never qualified for the world cup the second in group a the team this team beat china to be second now and korea has placed third how do you see this shaping up this time around oh well it's it's fascinating how how asia the asian qualifiers are turning up i mean i'm not surprised iran Are are at the top. Uh, they have been playing some brilliant football. We saw them in Bangalore when they were in exactly. India. How good a team they are! Sardar Azmoun, the player, scored uh, the goal against Korea. Uh, well, he stood as the next big, big thing in Asia. <laughs> yeah, he started as the next big thing in Asia. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not really surprised the way Iran are playing. I'm absolutely shocked the way China have been uh, playing. You know. Uh, it also shows that no matter how much money you spend on your main league you need to have a strong grassroots program you need to have strong local players mm-hmm. it's a big lesson that india can learn from china uh, china has spent 
10 times 20 times uh, more than india in their league the china chinese super league and they are already on the verge of being knocked out of the world cup qualifiers well uh, so i just that was the biggest story from the asian football for for me this week well uh, on the uh, in the other group there's no real surprises saudi arabia le- leading the table with three wins and a draw with 10 points while australia had a difficult time to eke out a draw against japan japan yeah that was that was a, always going to be a tough match for them but uh, i don't know who would be more happy australia with a point or japan with a away goal away, away point uh, i guess they are japan but again these are the teams you expect them to qualify no matter what happens i guess uh, the only only thing with how how well south korea regroup after this defeat to iran and and they come back well they, the number of games are very limited i say sorry the number of games are really limited the number of games are extremely limited now and i guess uh, they are playing they yet to play uzbekistan i guess south korea yeah that's an away game for that's, them that's an away game so that's a very tough encounter and they need to they need to have three points from that match so they are kind of on a very sticky wicket there yeah uh, but in south uh, south american qualifiers you don't see any such problems because Brazil expectedly topping the table with a 2-0 win over Venezuela but unfortunately Argentina and Argentine Argentinian fans in India it's bad news for you all that the team is struggling and the team is without Lionel without Messi, Messi without Messi there's no Argentina well it's proving out to be true this <laughs> but 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 again do you think it's it's too early to ring the warning bells i mean Uh, they still have lots of matches in yeah, South I, you could say it's too early because uh, south american qualifies is just one group and with the top 3 teams if i'm not wrong qualify qualify direct get it four top four and the fifth one goes for the qualifiers i guess okay so the, the top four get a direct ticket uh, for russia 2018 and the fifth one goes for the uh, intercontinental play off if i'm not wrong that's true yeah that's yeah, so true. And, and argentina are right now fifth they're one point behind uh, uh the fourth place team i don't remember which one but they're just one point behind and they just need to get a couple of results there we and they'll be sorted well, for that they have like another good games coming up but the next one is a pretty difficult one they're up against chile that's a tricky picture and and, and chile uh, last time we we remember what happened when argentina and chile played uh, uh, messi retired right the centenario in the centenario <laughs> so we all know how that ended for argentina in tears and in, in lots of tears for them and uh, oh, they they'll, they'll be able to turn the script around this time but chile are are playing tough they they playing really they're really on a roll this time exactly with the likes of alexis sanchez and arthur alvidal in there the team looks really good yeah they're the real deal in south america after brazil i guess well after brazil it's too early to say i think so <laughs> <laughs> because all right i take my word i take my word back on one reason being because Bra- this brazilian team is a team that is regrouping after their disaster in the centenario so i would mm-hmm. see, uh, i i would always give tta a bit more time to get his side and make something out of the guys that he has at his disposal yeah that's true and i guess i guess south american qualifiers in that sense are pretty good for teams like brazil and argentina you know where they have enough number of matches to kind of gauge their squad experiment a bit initially before they unleash the entire thing uh, towards the end of the qualifiers and then qualify for the world cup it gives them that slight bit of room which you know uh, say the teams in europe or asia lack because the number of teams in south america there is just one group and the teams are limited 
I guess it it gives them this slight advantage, and it's it's a good time for Tite to be in charge of Brazil team because it, he has a couple of matches to kind of you know settle down as a coach, see the players, and then choose his playing eleven and choose the rest of the squad. Well, like you said, no such room when it comes to the European qualifiers. Belgium and Portugal coming up with big wins, but England. England starting off with a win against Malta, but again draw, drawing against Slovenia. If I'm not wrong, Gareth Southgate, how how are things shaping up for him? Ah uh, well, uh, I mean, it's disappointing is is if we can say it's disappointing only if we expected much more from England. I mean, England uh, always hyped, always uh, you know kind of uh, they they build to do a lot of things, but they always end up underachieving, but. It's too early to judge Southgate, I guess. I mean, just two matches, and it's been a tough period for for English football the last two months with Sam Allardyce being in charge of just one match, and then you've got uh, him sacked, and the new coach comes in. He's got two matches only, so it's too early to judge. And then you have problems with your squad. I mean, at least one thing's clear right now with England is Rooney is not the problem, don't you think? Definitely beyond Rooney. It's much beyond Rooney. Even if you like take Rooney out of the team, there is problem in the English setup, and those uh, those problems has to be addressed before England take on uh, Scotland in their next qualifier, which will be followed by a friendly against Spain at the Wembley. Those are two cracking matches. I mean, England Scotland again great rivalry in football. Uh, should be should be fun to see how England bounce back after. I guess Scotland also failed to win the last match. They were held to a goalless draw as well. And these are the two teams who will be who will be keen to get back to winning ways. So I I I have my money on England uh, for that match, but the friendly against Spain is what I'm really looking forward to. Definitely, that's one thing that I'm excited about. But talking about another games, uh, Portugal and Belgium. What do you take about the the reigning European champions? They're going all guns blazing, isn't it? A four nil win, oh, a six yeah. nil win. I mean, exactly, they've been scoring for fun. Ronaldo scoring four goals in one match. I mean, uh, I think I think Messi will be back just to match Ronaldo. <laughs> well, I really need to ask you this: Are you a Lionel Messi fan? Sorry? Are you a Lionel Messi fan? I am a Ronaldo fan. Ronaldo. Also okay. Fan. I guess Ronaldo is niggling Messi enough to come back out of retirement. Let's see how it's a great that happens. Let's enjoy. Let's enjoy. As long as it's been there. Yes. But yeah, but uh, talking about the world champions Germany, they they have had a good run, two nil win over Northern Ireland, and up for them will be San Marino next, following which will be a friendly against Italy in Milan. That's true. And and uh, while we are at Germany, you know, I mean, it, I guess I guess the word on uh, Jürgen Leo is is due. I mean, he had his 94th win as a coach as a Germany's coach. Uh, against uh, with the win over Northern Ireland, and it's incredible when you think of it because so many coaches uh, like Sam Allardyce they last just for one match, and here is a man who's won 94 matches. The last time a German uh, coach did that was, uh, I guess, uh, I mean, uh, Hertzberger. That was from 1936 to 1942. He was the coach in one spell. Then the World War Two happened. Then he returned as the coach in 1956, stayed until 1964, and over this long period he won 94 matches. Put that no. in context, he's done that in six years. Exactly, which is incredible. 
I think these are some guys that would leave a legacy once they're gone, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's incredible the kind of legacy Joachim uh, uh, Lowe will, will leave. I mean, the kind of players he's producing, the players he's producing as well. Uh, it's been a seamless transition for the German football team and, and I really can't see them stopping for a bit. I mean, it's it's incredible how, how Leo has, has really managed to hold on to this team for such a long time. Well, I believe that's all we have on this episode of Injury Time for you all. When we come back next time round, it will be all about that very important match, the AFC Cup second leg semi-final, where Bengaluru FC takes on the defending champions, Johar Darul Lakshin. Until then, have a great time and enjoy the game.